Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Patty. Hey. <laughs> Today is going to be another Q&A session, my friends. Questions from the fans. If you want to participate next time, simply follow me on Instagram at Victor Odo. And whenever I'm about to do it, to do an episode of this nature, I usually make a quick post uh, or a story, rather, where I say, hey, I'm doing it, uh, it's a, you know, a podcast Q&A, and then there's this little thing where you can leave your questions, and then I'll, we'll get to them. Okay, so we'll get right into it. This is for uh, Ellerby Amy. What up, Ellerby Amy? Do you believe in any particular religion? Patty, what religion do you follow? Love. <laughs> oh, well, slick. no, I was I was raised Presbyterian, um, but I was not really like brought up by any like my parents would take us to church, but it was like not really a, something that was like a huge part of my childhood. Like they didn't go to like church camp or anything like that. Really, um, I did do one like overnight church thing retreat thingy for like when my mom thought that I was going down the wrong path when I was 12 like you did okay. a spirit, like a religious it uh, was like treat? through my church yeah yeah <laughs> but um she thought it would help me but um no as far as like now we don't I I don't we don't follow any sort of like particular religion or anything like that no I was I feel blessed that my parents both kind of had a bad taste in their mouth from their childhood my mom was raised uh, methodist or something my yeah. dad was like a hardcore like catholic yeah. he, he wasn't but he was raised that way and neither of them liked that <laughs> yeah so they allowed my sister and i to form our own opinions on god and and, and what is life existence etc so i felt very fortunate that i uh was allowed to just form my own beliefs so no, I don't. You could, most people probably could probably guess we're not all that religious. And honestly, the way I look at it is I've, I went through many years feeling very in, in, indignant and, and like uh, resistant and almost annoyed with religion as in general. I found it to be very, of course, limiting and sort of once and, and just, uh, you know, it would separate people by just these beliefs. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just found it to be kind of, it just didn't resonate with me. But I had a lot of like resentment for religion, big time. I just, it, religion, people I'd run into like, that would like try to impose their beliefs on me. It just really got under my skin so much. It was so irritating to me. But now I don't feel that way at yeah. all. I've come to peace with it. And now I, I, I try to, but that attitude, is my point is that hating religion, that caused me to not get a lot of the wisdom that almost every religious text I've ever glanced through or read about um, has a lot of wisdom in it. Mm -hmm. I don't just need to adopt all of the dogma and the beliefs and just blindly follow it. But there's, I found there's gems of wisdom even in its imperfection, in my opinion, um, in all religious texts. And I've also met a lot of religious people who I could eventually, once my barrier came down, I could see, you know what, these are pretty wise and tapped in people. They just choose to express themselves and their concepts on God or whatever in, in religious terminology. 
but they're really kind of saying the same things as I do in their own way. Mm -hmm. So I realized like the religion is almost like just like the sign. It's a label. It's not what the sign points to. And and all, all signs are doing their best to point to the truth, even though some perhaps arguably do a better job than others. Yeah. But are we religious? No, no, not at all. and I find that everything has its purpose and its place in this world. So I, you know, I kind of look at it like, you know, if that's what they need for their definition to feel safe um, going into this world and into the afterlife, then that's perfect for them. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be my definition. Even like the 12 steps, we were in Alcoholics mm -hmm. Anonymous and that's in a, not a religion, but it's a set of beliefs mm -hmm. that, that are designed to keep you clean and happy and sober. And for a while they were helpful to us. They were what we needed. We needed something to kind of cling on to mm -hmm. in a way. And it was something that made sense to me at, at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but eventually I got to a point where I felt, I felt it was holding me down. It was too limiting and too restrictive for, for me. It just wasn't resonating with me. So mm -hmm. I moved on from it, but it had a great purpose for me. Yeah. And that's not even to say anyone who follows religion is is lower and yet to transcend it. I'm not even trying to say that. I'm just saying there's there's a purpose for these belief systems and Right. Religions. And it's important for people to find what truly resonates with their soul over, you know, what anybody else preaches to them. Yeah. But I would say even more generally speaking on this topic, I really try my best to never pitch my tent. What I mean by that is David Icke. You guys, a lot of you probably have heard of him. I'm not going to get into who he is really, but this, this person. He says that most people, just through their own being sort of unconscious in a sense, they pitch their tent. Mm. They go through life, and then after maybe like 20 or so years, they, they pitch their tent. They say, you know what? I'm a Republican. I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm, I'm a scientist. I'm a, it's my career, and uh, that's who I am. And they mm -hmm. pitch their tent. And then anytime information comes that would conflict or blow blow wind through their tent, they 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 get all, they kinda like get pushy with it. They don't want to they don't want their tent to blow over. They wanna just stay where they are, it's safe, it's comfortable, they've done their exploration and they pitch their tent and they're done. I find that to be a very dangerous and limiting way to go through life. But I agree with David. A lot of people do that. They they find a belief system that they resonate with and they pitch their tent and they lock themselves yeah. into it, not allowing for further expansion or reevaluation or new information to come in, new wisdom to come in. Right. Um, so I try not to pitch my tent with anything. Yeah. I don't same. I don't consciously have an attachment to any anything. Anything I talk about. And people would probably say, well, Victor, you talk about lightworkers and empaths and all that kind of stuff. I have zero attachment to those labels. I literally use them because they are good keywords to use to tap into the YouTube algorithm to reach the kind of people I want to reach. Right. I don't care at all about those words. Right. And, um, you know, everybody, uh, not everybody, but a lot of people like to define things. And it helps when you use words that are familiar with people, you know, to... Um, be able to share your message, you know, too. It's, it's like right. the more, the more definitions that you use that people are familiar with, the more people are going to hear your message. Yeah. And I'd say the more I've woken up, you could say the more relative I've discovered terminologies and beliefs and perspectives to be what I believe now, what, what resonates now as I continue to move forward in life will very well not resonate in the future, mm -hmm. but I try my best to stay open 
and not cling to something that's familiar and comfortable and allow new things and new ideas to come in. And it's actually good whenever you're triggered, whenever someone says something that conflicts with your beliefs and you can feel that resistance. That's, a, that's an opportunity to expand even more. And I try to see it as such. Yeah. So we'll move on. This is a question I hear a lot. How can you identify ego fears from intuition? This is for uh, Yo. I'm not gonna try to pronounce that. <laughs> uh, are you asking me? Yeah. Um, what do you think? I don't. I mean, I don't really have like a way that I know the difference. Um, but when I feel like a fear that. Um, I get, I usually get like an actual like pit in my stomach and then I know that's usually a trigger and not necessarily my intuition saying, Hey, this is what's happening. Like when my intuition is, is guiding me, it's not, it's, there's no physical feeling involved for me. Um, it's, it's all, um, like messages and, and I get like, messages in my, I don't know, like I hear things, I guess you would say that tell me like, no, don't do that. Or, you know, um, one time I was in a car accident. I, I think I've talked about this before and I heard very loudly in my ears, hit the brakes. And it literally saved my life from hitting a telephone pole. So, um, the, uh, that for me is how I know it's like, if it's, if it's physical, then I know it's a trigger. And not an intuition. Yeah. I find for me, it, it just, it comes, the discernment comes with experience. Right. Because mm -hmm. it is tricky. Most of the time, I would say generally, most of the time, your intuition will not guide you with fear. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you better not do this. However, in Patty's situation, there is, so that was more of a stern, stop the brakes, hit the brakes yeah, now. I've never had um, any sort of guidance um, make me feel afraid ever. It's always like, do this or don't do that. And that, or, or you should go here or whatever. Like it, it's not, um, Oh, if you do that, this might happen. You know, right. it's never, ever like that. And, and sometimes fear, the emotion of fear is helpful. Like I remember a long time ago, not, I don't know when it was, but I was climbing on a mountain, like in Sedona or something. And, uh, I felt all of a sudden, normally I'm real comfortable climbing way up the mountains pretty easily, but I felt this fear. I felt like this fear and it was, I, I took it as like, you're getting too sloppy. You're, you're getting, you need to respect where you're at. It wasn't like, Oh, you better go back down the mountain, but it was saying respect where you're at. Mm -hmm. But I, but I had that experience with my life to build. I could sort of easily interpret that where yeah. it is it was confusing in the beginning. So what I would recommend for people struggling with this is don't be afraid to make a mistake. Don't be afraid to, I would say this, here's usually the pattern that happens. You'll get, be given an inspired idea, an idea that resonates. I should go become a Reiki practitioner. I should try to aspire to do this thing, or, or I should make this adjustment in my or life. Or read this book, yeah. And that excitement will come, and, and you'll feel it. But then what will happen is the fear, the ego, the, the getting triggered will click in, and then, oh, I don't. maybe the next day, well... You know, Reiki practitioners, they don't make any money. Or Reiki practitioners, uh, there's no guarantee of a job. What are you going to do? And then that's like the fearful, limiting critic sort of that's common 
when you feel the inspiration. Now, in that situation, which is very common, you want to listen to your initial burst of intuition and follow it in spite of the inner resistance, which normally does come after you're giving a, being, being given by your higher self a really good idea. So generally speaking, your higher self will motivate you through excitement and passion and enthusiasm. Your ego will motivate you from fear, but not always. And the only way to really have that mastery is to get out there and get your hands, get your feet, what is it, get your hands dirty? Yeah, get your hands dirty. A lot of people will sit there and sit there idle for so long waiting for this like almost like elusive clarity. And those are the kind of people who don't, don't know. They can't tell the difference. I say better to take action and make a mistake and learn from that than to sit there and, in a safe little cubby um, reading books. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. Huh. This is someone that said, I had a great meditation with a healer. How can I make my own just as strong and vivid? Real quick, I'll chime in. Then you can maybe say something cool. Yeah. I would say whenever that happens, that's always a great opportunity to, um, to show you what you are capable of. Like just so it, it's, it's helpful to have a teacher or someone guide you through um, your own barriers and limitations to show you what you're capable of. And then it's your job just through practice to do your best to get back to that point. But there's no way I can just say, oh, you, you do this. You use this technique. That's how you do it. But you just start doing your best. But now you have a new goal and a new expectation, a new height to reach. And that will pull you back to that, that experience. So in, in time, you will be able to get to that depth and clarity on your own. And that's not to say at that point you don't need another teacher or modality, and then you move on. You, you go and do something, other, something else to reveal to you just how awesome you are, and then you work your way up that way. Yeah. That's what a long time ago, this, the lead singer of the, one of my favorite bands, Tool, Maynard James Keenan, was asked a question about LSD or psychedelics in general. He said what he likes to do is he, he likes to take them and then uh, spend, spend a while trying to learn and grow from that and get back to that place on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of like a window into your potential and there's many, many window, many different little catalysts out there in life, psychedelics, having a great teacher, et cetera, many even beyond that to kind of show you your potential. And then, then, then you have a new higher goal. So there's a great value in that. Just keep working at it, but yeah. that's a great experience. I'm glad you had that experience. I'm happy for you. And, uh, and go for it. Keep, keep going for it. Let's see, Joshua, how to let go of fear of making spiritual videos when family are in the next room and can hear me. (laughs) Joshua, dude, just go outside or something. Yeah, I wouldn't shoot my YouTube videos with my parents in the next room either. Mm-mm. But you can be, you can yeah, get you up can and move. find all kinds of places where it's quiet. Like you can yeah. go to a park, or um, yeah, it's um, some place in nature. Um, and if you're not somewhere in nature, you can just find. You know, I'm sure there's some place that you can find that's quiet, or wait till they're not home and then shoot. You know, yeah, that's a, that's just simple. Just be creative, brother. Yeah. You you got this. Don't 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 let those little excuses stop you. Yeah. Oh, I can't. My parents are in the other room. No, you get you find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is someone that said, "I'm suddenly afraid of death, 
when Kundalini awakening, I think they meant is I've had a Kundalini awakening and now I'm afraid of death. Well, here's the reality about Kundalini. It will make you aware of what's already been there within you. So you've always been afraid of death. And the Kundalini is pushing that, just like the ayahuasca mm-hmm. or many other catalysts will, they'll push to even just living on earth right now. The ascension energies will push these repressed, deep, unconscious fears to the surface. So it's not that you're suddenly afraid of death. It's, it's that, that you're, you're suddenly becoming aware. Aw- suddenly mm-hmm. aware of this fear of death. And my goodness, what an opportunity. That's yeah. like one of the core primal fears that hold people down into like egoic consciousness is the fear of death. Yeah. Um, whenever I, when you started going through your awakening and you started, um, like bombarding me with all this information, I would feel fear mostly of, of death and like the idea of like the afterlife and what, what all that is. And, um, it really wasn't until I, I drank ayahuasca, honestly, until that fear sort of dissipated. But every once in a while I'll think about it and I'll be like, Oh, you know, I don't know if I, if I want to do that yet, <laughs> uh, Yeah, but that's but, something else. Yeah. But it, it's a great opportunity. So look at it like, yeah, look at it. Like we said, it and just, it's, uh, so I'm sorry. And for me, the fear of death was really coming from the fear of the unknown. Like we don't really truly know what happens when you die. You know, we have like our own um, ideas and things and people that have had near-death experiences. But actually, um, one thing that did help me was watching that. We were watching a show like years ago about people who had near-death experiences. Yeah. I don't remember. Was it on Netflix or something? No. No. Something else. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. But um, that kind of helped me too. Um, It gave me hope to... uh, sort of release that yeah those kind of i I used to read a lot about near-death experiences myself i've read dozens and dozens of different accounts and and watched that same show so i've seen probably 40 50 people uh, excuse me saying the same things saying that death is awesome Mm -hmm. (laughs) you die and you go to the light Mm -hmm. that's like a, a thing most people say and then a lot of the people who get beyond the light are greeted by loved ones that have crossed over or like spirit guides and they're all loving and welcoming and it's like awesome and it's just very beautiful and high vibe. And then some are taken to like a council where they they go through a, a life review. But when they get there, they realize how fleeting and impermanent this, uh, this earth experience is, how unimportant it is really. And most of the people who die and spend some time on the other side, they don't even want to come back. So I find myself honestly excited to go through that <laughs> because I know I, I really just have that knowing that it's way way more peaceful and awesome and expansive and just probably better. But I, I did choose to come here so I don't find myself dwelling and, and wishing right. to die, but I, I'm excited, honestly. <laughs> um, how do you deal with feeling the feelings of isolation when you're spiritual? I, I, that's a tough one for me because I never really felt that. Um, except when we, I feel like when we moved to San Diego, I did feel isolated a bit. Um, but not because but of, not, you were so spiritual, but right? not because of, well, in a sense, because the people that we were around were not people that were, um, on the same spiritual journey as us. They were more on the religious path and we we're more on the, uh, 
Yeah, so it's hard to like relate with them in a very right. honest so, way. Yeah, exactly. So um, I did feel a little bit isolated, but um, I I mean, I would suggest going and, and seeing like if you could go to a meditation class, that's somewhere where you'll find and meet people that are more uh, connected to the same journey that you're on. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, you could just be proactive and go find people because mm-hmm. we're not so scattered anymore. There's more people than ever now that that are, you know, self-proclaimed spiritual people, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. Um, but I would say there's a lot of value in going through that loneliness phase. For one, it, it can be helpful to release the judgment of one being spiritual and one not being spiritual. Yeah. I would say be 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 truly spiritual and try to see the light in everybody and see that everyone's got their own path and even people who maybe you can't talk about aliens and ascension with you can you can you can you can uh there's more a lot of similarities still a lot of fundamental similarities you can connect with like as a personal trainer when I would talk to some of my clients that I didn't get along with very well you know but they were a parent we could connect uh, very deeply about being a parent. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to talk about fourth density ascension. I could just talk about parenting and the unique. So there's, right, yeah. if you really try to to focus upon the similarities, it will, it will make you realize you're not so different than them. Mm-hmm. Or um, at least even if you are different from them, that's okay too. It's just you're not, um, you don't have to relate to everyone because you're on a spiritual path, only people that are on the same path as you, you can relate to everyone on some level in some way. Yeah. And then another thing I would say is sometimes there's a lot of value in being alone. There's safety and distraction from our own inner growth. Sometimes when we're around people that, that take up all of our focus. So mm-hmm. sometimes we'll, we'll align ourselves in circumstances or life, you know, periods of life where we are alone. And yeah, there's a loneliness and that's not fun, but there's also other things happening. Like you're, 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 when you're alone, you have no choice but to connect with thyself. You go within yourself and you get to explore yourself and do a lot of really important healing and inner work that will raise your vibration and then that will make you more of a magnet to other like-minded people. So there's so much value on, on all levels in, in this lonely experience. And it's, it's uh, if you really make the most of it, in fact, the sooner you, you see the good in it, the, the benefits and make the most of it, the sooner you will um, find yourself not lonely. How do you treat each other when you're upset about something, like your spouse? Well, here's what I, I do. We with never Patty. ever get upset with each other. I usually write. Yeah. Her, I usually type her out a very nice letter. <laughs> I'll review it to make sure it's coming only from my higher self, and then I'll mail it to her. I'll put it in the mailbox with a nice heart on it, and then she'll open it, and I'll suggest she goes and meditates on it, and then she'll respond. Yes. Is that that the truth? No. <laughs> well, we're normal people and we we do fight quite a bit. Um not nearly as often as we used to. I don't know, maybe we should bring Forrest in and ask him what he thinks. Yeah, we have an assistant now, Forrest. He comes over every day and works with us. So he's like, I really find it cool that you guys are like very real people where you fight and stuff. Yeah, we bi- we we bicker, we bicker quite a bit, mm-hmm. but we because we're very close. We don't have like big, important, you know, 
um, you know, like what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like, like the kind of Arguments. fights that make you wonder, are we going to make it? Yeah, we, we just Most of it's just bickering. Yeah, those fights we got out of the way pretty First early. Several years, yeah. yeah, pretty early on. Um, but we do we do argue and fight about like stupid little things that like don't really matter. But I mean, we just get in bad moods sometimes, yeah. and we allow ourselves to be like that. So sometimes she's a total bitch to me. I'll admit. But yeah, other, I can be a total dick, a total yeah. asshole to her, and she allows me to because she loves me. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, and because well, we, it's part it's part of it. It's part of being in a relationship. You can't always be in a space where you're never fighting. I mean, I mean, I feel like that's like where our passion lies, you know, kind of sometimes. But uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes we'll just not speak to each other when we're mad too. And we don't like have to yell at each other about anything, but I mean, yeah, yeah. we're, we we're, don't have like any a normal techniques to bestow upon you where we do our best. Like no. And else. one thing that we do try to not to do is like name call when we're fighting, you know, like we try to be at least respectful enough to not say like, Hey, quit being such an asshole. Um, and things like that. But other than that, we don't really, we don't really have like a filter to not argue. <laughs> right. So this is a, we'll probably leave with this one. It's a question about someone who's been on antidepressants for 27 years and they're really on the fence. They, they, they feel, she says, I feel the meds are holding me back from being my authentic self, which is the real me. But they've had past traumas. Um, that are coming up and they're just kind of torn. So a lot of people would expect us to say, you should never take antidepressants. They're bad. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to block your ascension. And I would say, you know what? People who say that have not maybe been through a, a, as much pain as some of the people taking it because there's yeah. some crazy shit that happens to people on earth and some things that people maybe aren't quite exactly ready to go through and, and, and heal from and, and experience um, and, and it's I, not I think even, there's a place for them. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. It's not even just that. It's that, um, like some people actually do have like the, the chemical imbalance in their brain where it's like they need the medication to be stable, you know? Um, and if that's the case for you, then I definitely think that, you know, the medication is serving its purpose. Yeah. I would say what... What I, the way I would address this, dear, is anytime there is something in your life that you would benefit from leaving or letting go of, you know, something that is going to sense going to continue to block you unless you address it, it will make itself known to you mm -hmm. in some way. It, it'll become kind of obvious to you and you'll have a knowing, an undeniable knowing that the next step is to let go of this. And sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not easy. Yeah. Like a 27 year, you know, uh, antidepressant habit right. that's might not be easy but you just have to be honest with yourself that's like the only thing that will keep anyone going forward in their life is that self-honesty and just making authentic choices and not right. even listening don't even let me influence you you just yeah. go within yourself don't worry about what the blogs say and the the ultra spiritual <clears throat> people they want to criticize you and say oh you're not going to ascend and yeah you got to just be yours be true to yourself everybody's journey is different Right. And, and, and that I was just going to say that like your journey to where you want to get to might include those 
that medication for you, but for a lot of people, it might not. And that's okay. Your journey is your own to walk and to make your own decisions as to what's best for you. So if you really want to get off of your medication, try to wean off and see how that works. And if it doesn't work for you, accept that that's okay too. You know, it's, it's not, it's not important as long as, you know, you do your work and you live your life and do your journey and you're, you're going to be good. Yeah, it's it's also a very powerful experience to come off them spiritually speaking. Like I have, I had a client, Matt, real good. He was like I liked him a lot. We talked for a while back back in the day, um, and he was coming off I think a very high amount of Xanax or one of those kind of antidepressants that were very what's an anti anxiety or a benzodiazepine, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But those are the kind of uh, substances that take sometimes years to come off because the physical withdrawal symptoms are so severe. And, uh, he had a very, uh, kind of, he would make very slow progress, but there was so, I could just talk to him. There's so much growth, so much empowerment, so much, so many positive skills he was cultivating by taking this, you know, multiple year day by day journey of weaning off. So, um, don't let the difficulty stop you. My boy, Matt, in fact, I should check in on him because I'm curious. He's probably off him by now. He was doing great. Um, don't let the journey stop you because that journey, that painful journey that you might be sort of uh, trying to avoid might be exactly what you need to take you to the next level. But again, only you will know when it's time to take that journey and don't let anyone else try to uh, usher you into it prematurely. You just do what you feel is right. Yeah. All right, we got to bounce. I'm starting to hear the kids getting a bit rowdy out there. I just heard Bash crying. crying. Yeah, thank you for listening, my friends. It's been it's been fun. We'll talk to you next time. Have an amazing day and a fantastic week. Namaste. Namaste.